0: I was blown away. Everything was so intense, so the colors were so strong and and brilliant, and everything was in more than three d so so clear and I walked we I live very close to the harbor, so I walked down to the river and I had to cross a very busy street, and there was a motorcycle passing by it was Uh, really strong noise I think they had removed the mufflers and usually I get annoyed by that but I didn't get annoyed I there was just the sound and nothing else no thoughts around it wow this was so beautiful
1: with us we have a person uh, from a country in which we have never been and I think it's very interesting to to explore gratitude uh, from a perspective that hasn't been explored yet like from different countries from different parts of the world and also of course from different individual perspectives. After over 10,000 hours of meditation and 40 years of studying Buddhism, she wasn't able to stop from having debilitating fear when she found out she had breast cancer. Dr. Christiane Michelberger wasn't able to cope and questioned whether everything she had done up to this point was a complete lie. She discovered the book that led her to ask one simple question. That one question led to a true awakening. She realized she was spiritually sleepwalking. She had replaced one illusion for another. But this was only the first step. In her book, Finding Awakening, she shares her no-nonsense journey beyond the self to peace and freedom. Her mission is to put an end to all suffering. Isn't that amazing? Christiane, welcome to the Gratitude Podcast.
0: Thank you, Georgiane, and thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> my pleasure, my pleasure. And um, for uh, our listeners, if the way... Christiane, pronounce my name seems a bit weird. It's actually how it's pronounced in Romanian. So, I I really appreciate Christiane for um, for doing this and for uh, making the effort to to do this. I really appreciate it.
0: You're welcome.
1: <laughs> All right. So, uh, firstly, let us know a little bit more about you. Uh, let us know where you are uh, right now and. Also a few things that maybe I, I didn't mention in your short introduction. Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm calling in from Hamburg in Germany, which is in the northern part right at the large river Elbe. And I'm very close to the harbor here. It's a large harbor. And today it's beautiful. The sun is shining and it's cold, but very nice weather. And it's very quiet because we are all in isolation, basically. (laughs) And it's a beautiful atmosphere because all the neighbors are moving closer. Yesterday, somebody put on a party on their balcony, and the others came (laughs) out as well.
1: (laughs) It's so wonderful.
0: Yes. And I'm coming from a different perspective but i think that what you call gratitude is actually something i'm experiencing it as as well i just don't give it that name Mm -hmm. and i'm now working as a guide to awakening which awakening means really finding peace which contains these feelings, which I call love joy, because to me, um, they are made, the molecules of these feelings are made of one atom of joy and the other atom of love. And this feeling is like a bass hum in my life. And it's basically always there. Of course, when I'm concentrating, reading something, it's covered. But um, then when I relax, it's just relaxing. Then it's there again. And yes, when the state is there, it's uncovered. It's actually always there. It just has to be uncovered. Um, then, Then the suffering really ends. And the fear of dying, which is so prevalent right now, And all that started with an experience I had in a church. Um, Though I'm, with my work coming from a Buddhist perspective, I'm actually very connected to Christianity as well. And um, apart from being a physician, I also studied the organ and played in the church until I retired uh, during services. So... I was in a concert singing with a very small choir. Each voice just had three people. And we were singing the psalm, The Lord is My Shepherd. And we were singing along. We were about half into the concert. And all of a sudden, my whole experience shifted. And I knew that these words were true but in a totally different way than I could have ever thought. And I felt totally different as well. All of a sudden I loved everybody around me and though there were people I didn't really like in this choir, but I loved them too. And that was very weird I found. How could I love just everybody? And it was a very expansive feeling, very beautiful. And I couldn't sing. I I just was so absorbed by this feeling, but my colleagues uh, managed to cover me up. I just moved my lips. And I looked, you know, I looked around with my eyes. I couldn't really move, but I looked around and thought, I wonder whether the other are experiencing this as well. Of course, I couldn't tell because they were singing. And uh, so it was like, wow. And it was this feeling of joy, love that permeated this experience. I didn't actually call it anything at that point, not even joy, love. Um, At that time, I had been meditating in Zen meditation for, I think, two years. and. I just thought, ah, oh, there is something totally different than what I know now, and this is so beautiful. And I felt very grateful for experiencing that. And it is like I was, I caught a virus there. I caught the awakening virus from that time on i just couldn't stop looking for this other experience of the world that was available then because it was so different so loving and i thought this is really the love i want to experience i didn't consider myself a very loving person and that was so different. That's how it all started.
1: Wow. I I absolutely love how you took us there. And I'm sure that our listeners were all also able to feel to experience how it was for you being there. Of course, probably in in a small portion compared to what you experienced, but Nonetheless, it it's such a beautiful feeling, and I could definitely feel at least a part of that, and it it feels amazing. Thank you for for taking us there.
2: Yeah.
1: Hmm. This is this is really wonderful. So, let us know a little bit more. About what you about this feeling that you call love, joy. How you how do you define it? How um, how do you see it? How do you um, experience it?
0: Well, slipping into it right now or relaxing into it, I would say. Uh, it's so hard to define a feeling.
2: It's, um. It's a kind of. It's all embracing, and. It's very still for me. It's,
0: it's peaceful but not unmoving it's it's like a very fine
2: vibration
0: and for me it's yeah there is you could definitely call this gratitude as well absolutely It's a it's a radical openness to experience, no matter how they are.
1: Spend more time outside with fresh air in your lungs and healthier habits in your schedule by eliminating the hassle of prepping, cooking and cleaning up after each meal. Stress-free eating is just one click away this spring. Factors delicious meals range from calorie smart, keto protein plus to vegan and veggie Head to factormeals.com slash gratitude50 and use code gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's gratitude50 at factormeals.com slash gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active.
2: Not rejecting anything. Not wanting something else to be.
0: Everything that's there or happening is just okay. It's fine. No objections.
2: That's how I would describe it. Wow
1: i love it (laughs) and it's it's wonderful that um you used words but i think you you also use something else to to let us know what it is and that's that's really wonderful and i could definitely feel it and i hope that our listeners were able to feel it and to experience it as well and um from this point of view, I know you have a philosophy of embracing being ordinary. Can you talk a little bit about this? Can you can can we explore this topic a little bit?
0: Yes, this feeling ordinary um, connects to what is called awakening. Usually, people think that awakening enlightenment is something that's only for very special people and they have to be either so virtuous that you can't believe it or they have had to study tremendously to get there and basically it's nearly impossible. And... What I found on my journey, which was about peeling all the covers away away that cover up this beautiful state, and it's basically all layers of the little me, 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 wanting to control what's happening right now. For example, if you listen to the news, everybody wants to control seem to be in control um, or the journalists say, if you would have done that, you would be in control. It's all about the, the assumption we could be in control, which is just not possible with everything. There are just things that happen and that's how it is. And the me that thinks it can pick the thoughts and all the fantasized faculties the me seems to have, and that this I want this, I don't want that. Um, this is a very strong part of the me. I remember when it fell away from me after inquiring into it. What we simply do is uh, in this inquiry, we simply look whether there is actually a me or not. We just do what we always do when we want to find out whether something is there or not. We just look for it. And when I saw that there is no wanting and not wanting, all the reactivity ceased. Like, I don't push and pull at experience any longer. What happens is what happens. I can respond to it, but there is no emotional charge around it. I don't get angry or frustrated or irritated or whatever. And my own guide asked me, so why did you ever react? And I just pulled a blank. I had no idea why the heck did I ever think the world had to comply with what I wanted. It was so weird. And I just wrote back, I think I thought my second name was God. (laughs) I mean... Um, Yes. And then in the further journey, the reality explored and seeing that we are not separate from everything else, that there is in reality no border between us and everything else. And absolutely no me. Um, That removed all the layers that covered up the state. Now, when I was sick with breast cancer in the hospital. I didn't know any of this. I was just totally dissolved into panic. It was terrible. And I, by that time, I had studied Buddhism for 40 years, had spent time in India meditating, had been with several Zen masters. I had done so much and really, really tried to get it. I had studied the Pali Canon, which are the original scriptures or talks the buddha gave uh, the historical buddha and and yes i tried to behave in a nice way and things like that but when i was dissolved into panic it was just like i couldn't do anything i'm a physician by profession and I specialised in psychoanalysis and psychotherapy, and even that wouldn't help. All my tricks and tips I had, <laughs> I could pass out to people. They didn't help me in that at that time, and I thought I, this was just all in vain. My search has failed. And still in the hospital, I felt like I turned my back to the search and and kind of let go of the identity of being a seeker. It was a quite exotic identity, you know, sitting with a Japanese Zen master and he was ever so strict, God. And then uh, meditating to the sound of monkeys screaming in the trees in India <laughs> and the little uh the you know the movement of the ox carts i was there in the 8 in the beginning of the 80s there were still ox carts around even in a big city it was and so it felt like yeah that was all great and really exotic but i had acquired a new identity that of a, being a spiritual seeker and that dropped and now i had to find you know breast cancer is a disease that can come. It was an early stage, but it could still come back, in twenty five percent, which a rather large percentage. So, I thought I have to find out. I don't know how long I will have to live, and I didn't know where to go. I had exhausted my means absolutely and fully. I had no idea how I could do that. But I find it very interesting how life moves in a way that helps us out and that puts the right things in front of us at the right time 14 days later at that time i was translating an american book about life finding your life purpose and there was another woman translating it into english and we were friends on facebook and we already had met in real life too and uh And she liked a post where it was about that the body isn't ready for awakening. And I thought, no, that sounds interesting. Let's read that. And I read it, and in that post, a web forum was mentioned, where volunteers guide other people to seeing through the self. I was very clear at that point that what was causing my suffering was thinking, I have breast cancer. I might die, I'm afraid, Uh, I'm panicking, Uh, I'm going to lose myself when I'm dying. That was creating all the panic. So the self, you know, in Buddhism, there is a kind of phrase people repeat a lot, this is not me, this is not my, this doesn't belong to me, this isn't myself, this is not me, this doesn't belong to me, this is not myself. And it didn't help me a bit in my panic. So I went on this forum and I read the dialogues there. They were—they are open to public. And at one point, there was always this moment, the dialogues didn't teach anything. They simply put out some questions for people to explore. And the questions were all about, so where is this me? And I found that so interesting. And then there came this point in each dialogue where people saw some something which I didn't get. And then the dialogue changed completely and it sounded like a Zen poem. So beautiful. But I didn't understand a word any longer. And I thought, okay, something is happening there. And I thought... I'd I'd try that. And then fear came up. I thought, gosh, what if this happens? Can I function without a me? I mean, I'm doing this. I'm writing. I'm cooking. Uh, I'm translating a book. Can I still do this afterwards? I was just in the middle of the translation. Would that work? How about my relationship with my partner? Would that still work? What if I go mad with that? Mm -hmm. I was really thinking about that. But when I read the dialogues, it always looked like the the seekers there were quite nicely impressed, but they didn't go mad. They really found that life was so much easier after that. And and, uh, it looked like, felt quite delightful. And I thought, well, I've done more crazy things in my life. <laughs> Maybe I try it. And uh, so I thought, and um, these dialogues always involve that people have to reply every day, every day of the week, even on the weekends. And I thought, well, I will have to have radiation after... I'm discharged from the hospital. So I don't know how I'm going to take it. Uh, And maybe I'm not able to reply every day. Uh, But they had some dialogues uh, in a book. And I downloaded the book and just took the dialogues on my Kindle into the waiting area (laughs) of all the doctors I had to see after I was discharged. And... uh, And kept myself busy with these questions. They were so exciting. Um, And I thought, ah, I never asked myself these questions. They are really good. And the questions are really the key to, to all the awakening. Meditating is fine and it really helps focusing, calming down, feeling better. Meditation is great for that, but it's too general. It's not specified enough. But focusing on one question that is looking for, what is actually thinking, for example? What is it? Where is this thinker of thoughts? Can I pick my thoughts? Can I know what will come up? And if I don't like it, stop it from arising before it arises. These were questions I found really fascinating. And so I had boiled it down that the eye was something like a virus that was attached to everything. Every experience was I'm seeing, I'm hearing. Though there was only seeing and hearing and touching something and smelling. And then in the book, it was page 20, so I wasn't even far into this book, uh, Uh, the guide asked, so is there any I in any physical form or shape? And I thought to myself, what a silly question, of course not. And while I was still thinking the question, a, a strong shift happened. I felt like I was moved to the side a bit. I'm not even sure whether that really happened or not, but it really felt like I was physically moved to the side, Everything was quiet, totally quiet. All of a sudden, there were no thoughts. And I saw clearly that there is no me and never had been. And also, I, I saw why I had not seen it. It had been in front of my nose all the 40 years. <laughs> and I did the first time, I thought, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it felt like so large. I had to go outside. I couldn't stay in our apartment, and I went for a walk. And was a Sunday, and I was blown away. Everything was so intense. So the colors were so strong and and brilliant, and everything was in more than three D. So. So clear. And I walked, we I live very close to the harbor, so I walked down to the river and I had to cross a very busy street. And there was a motorcycle passing by with a really strong noise. I think they had re- removed the mufflers. And usually I get annoyed by that, but I didn't get annoyed. I, there was just the so- sound and nothing else, no thoughts around it. Wow, this was so beautiful it felt a bit strange because I could very clearly see that the other people had no core as well and I thought I wonder how I'm ever going to relate to anybody again but I thought we'll we'll take that at a later time now I'm just going to enjoy and I went down and bought an ice cream and a girl stood in front of me with a braid and the braids looked so beautiful the shiny hair oh it was like, ah, uh, <laughs> nearly a psychedelic trip or something. <laughs> and then I came back and my partner was still at home. I hadn't told her what happened. I didn't have words for it. And I told her, I don't have any, I don't exist. And she looked at me and she said, sure you do. I can see you. <laughs> and I thought, oh gosh, I can't share my experience and uh, that was the point when I thought I I will have to find people to talk to about this and I got that nobody can understand this if they haven't experienced it themselves and so that was my start of getting involved with a community the Liberation Unleashed community that's the website liberationunleashed.com where the dialogues were and to get involved with them and you know after some hours another feeling started to emerge i felt incredibly stupid for not (laughs) having seen this for 40 years i thought oh my how stupid can you be to not see this it's so simple (laughs)
1: That's gratitude50 at factormeals.com slash gratitude50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active.
0: <laughs> and this feeling statement wasn't for me for like two weeks. I was like, how could I ever not see this? How could I? <laughs> and uh, I have all these Buddhist friends And some of them had been on the path all their life. They were now in their 80s, 70s, 80s, and they were afraid to die without seeing this. And I thought, I have to help them. I have to learn how to do this, how to conduct a dialogue so they can see it too. And uh, so... I got confirmed that this was indeed a true seeing. You don't need confirmation for that. You always know if it happens. So it's just kind of, yes, getting a feedback on that. But in the beginning, I couldn't express myself really well. And so I didn't get a confirmation. I thought, well, if they think I haven't seen it, I can't make them believe it. I know I have. That's all I can say. And uh, so... And then I started uh, to guide there myself and learned it. And um, as you said, it was only the first step because after a while I discovered that the reactivity came back and that there were things I wanted and didn't want, but there was no way how to address that. And with this wanting and not wanting, the sense of "I want it is there it 's part of the multi layered self illusion. It really has many layers, uh, actually uh, eight layers, and this um, sense of self can be strengthened when the next layer is open to be worked with but i didn 't know how and so um, I just learned how to guide and I really loved that. Helping people to experience this big relief of their being know me was so wonderful. Wow. That's how it all started with the awakening.
1: <laughs> I I can definitely tell you that you, you've made great progress with this and many of the things that you've experienced I I could definitely definitely relate to and um could definitely feel a part of that and that's amazing because I know it was very hard for me too when I had the experience that um got me to start this podcast that it wasn't really easy to put it into words and to to make sense of it and to talk about it and um yeah I think I think you're doing a great job with this.
0: Thank you so much. Yes, it's really a space beyond words. Mm -hmm. And I mean, really, can we put anything into words? I mean, have you ever tried to describe the taste of an apple to somebody who has never seen it? Hmm. It's impossible.
1: (laughs) That's so true.
0: But when you have tasted an apple and somebody described it to you, you you will recognize it. Even though the words are missing most of the experience, you can still recognize it. And that's how you recognize the experience.
1: That's so true and so beautiful. But I, I also wanted to get into something else. Um, How can we see, how can we find this sweet contentment by seeing past desires? How do we do that?
0: It works with a very simple question. Um, It works with the question, why do I react? What makes me react? And it can be used in any situation we react to. It's good if it's more a situation that lasts longer because if the situation passes quickly, it's hard to still work with it.
2: Um,
0: So I used a very personal thing in my relationship. And just stated what is happening or what is actually i framed it the other way around and that's always a good way to to start because if we frame what's happening straight away we usually react too strongly to be able to watch why we react because it's too fast so um for example i'll give an example Um, Maybe each evening, you have children, and each evening you get so annoyed because they don't want to brush their teeth and make a big drama out of it, and it takes half an hour until you're done. So what would you do? You would take... Robert is not brushing his teeth at night without kicking and screaming. And then... Just intone the sentence. It's good to do it uh, in a quasi lab condition first because, in the heat of the moment, when you have to do something, it's really hard. And then wait for the primary sensations to arise. It will feel really uncomfortable because that's where we react. We want to get away from the uncomfortable feeling. So, Robert doesn't brush his teeth without kicking and screaming, feeling the uncomfortable feelings. I wait for what arises that starts the anger about it or the frustration. Why do I react? What starts this reaction? And just waiting for it, just waiting for it. At one point, there is clearly seen that there is nothing that makes us react. And again, you'll know. You'll know when it has been seen. It cannot be overlooked. And then in the first step, reactivity will weaken in all other areas as well. It doesn't just weaken in this regard with a kid, but also in other areas. Usually, you have to address that several times. Wanting and not wanting is really a thick layer. And it it always takes at least two times and often several more. The second one I worked with was my desire for chocolate. (laughs) And I noticed that I, or for snacking, Overall, I noticed that when I sit at my desk, I work online, I often get up and just to get, grab something to eat. And I thought, that's weird. And so what I did is, when I had this urge to get up and get something to eat or a piece of chocolate, I just paused and waited and thought, ask myself, What do I actually want right now? What needed to happen? Or what could somebody do or say? So I would forget about eating something now. And I immediately knew it. And it really took me on a deep, very deep level. I wanted somebody to hold me, to just hold me without talking any words. And it connected to me to my early childhood. My parents fled from the eastern part of Germany um, in fifty, in fifty, right? And I, in October, and I was born in January fifty one. And um, Hamburg was still totally bombed. Picture Syria, any town in Syria that's bombed. That's how Hamburg looked like. And we lived in a basement of a bombed house and my parents had to build up a life again and i was parked in a daycare center with many 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 babies because all their parents need to somehow get a life back and there was just nobody to hold me as a baby and i connected to that and i connected to that fear there was so much fear around that and i only could sit with that and wait for what made me want to calm this with something to eat. It was really strong. In hindsight, I always thought it lasted for months, but it didn't. I wrote it all down. It only lasted for a few days. It was like, I think five days. And during that days also my niece married and I was there and I stayed in a hotel And um, in the free time between the ceremonies and meeting, I sat with this because the fear was so strong, I could hardly sleep. And at one point, I just sat on my hotel bed and said, I'm not going to get up before this is resolved because the fear was just too much. And I just sat there. Uh, And with the sentence I worked with, what? There is nobody. And this, there is nobody, was so strong. And I just sat there with the fear and let it rage and watched out for what started this, trying to move away from this feeling. And I think it was after three quarters of an hour, everything collapsed. The fear was gone as if I had woken up from a nightmare. And there was no fear. The sentence, there isn't anybody there, didn't get any emotional response any longer. I was just sitting there on my bed, wondering what had just happened. And after that, The reactivity was gone. Um, What's very interesting is that after this shift and after many others, a kind of testing period starts. I have no idea how this is arranged, but I was still in the hotel getting ready to uh, uh, go home by train and a phone call reached me. It was from the radiology department where I was treated uh, with uh, radiation. And and during the treatment, you see a doctor each week. And they said, I'm very sorry, uh, but Dr. So-and-so isn't available this week. Would it be all right with you to see, doctor? (laughs) And now they were very kind because I had had a meltdown when I had to change doctors once before that yeah. and I, I didn't know what to say it was like wow uh, I didn't have any thoughts and I also didn't have any feelings I, thought was, I just thought wow and I, I didn't know what to say and and then the woman was so kind and she said um, yes I understand that's not nice for you and, and uncomfortable and uh, just kept, you know, s- trying to soothe me. And in the end, the only thing I could say was, "It's all right." <laughs> <laughs> and the, the it's so, you know, when the the usual reactions don't uh, happen, it's such a weird feeling. Uh, it's like start trying to start a car and it keeps idling but the car doesn't start and then you just have to stop um it's running we in German we say running into the empty space in a way um and during the journey some all this kind of stuff happened like um i i had arranged to meet a friend uh on the way back to hamburg on uh, one of the stations for two hours and our station was uh, our um, train was late and I do not like to be late and I do not like people to be late and so I was waiting for getting frustrated now (laughs) but I didn't they were late and that was all it was just a fact
1: that's wonderful it's (laughs) <laughs> we have a saying here in Romania about um, German people that they they are never late and um, they don't want people to be late. And <laughs> I, I I have this too. I've I've been uh, raised by my mom and my grandma to to make sure I i uh abide to this as well and <laughs> it, it's 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 interesting i can definitely relate to to the experience because this is how I was in the past too like i was on time or usually a bit uh, before time and um if people weren't there on time i was i was very angry and uh i, I I felt like it was uh, disrespectful and so on and so forth. And definitely I can relate to this experience.
0: Yes, exactly. That's how I reacted to usually. And then, uh, you know, I had booked a local train and they are uh, double-deckers. They have another um, sitting area in in the first... uh, um, you can go upstairs yeah, yeah, and understand. there is a glass ceiling and you can look out and it was fall and there the leaves were so beautiful everywhere and I said I'm going to walk up there and sit there and look at the leaves right and then all the first the first story was all first class and I couldn't sit there and again there was no reaction so I went downstairs and I just looked at the list. from there and everything was just <laughs> perfectly fine. Exactly. And I had to change trains at one station. And uh, usually when I change trains, there's always a little bit of time and I go get a coffee and something sweet. And I went and got a coffee, but the sweet stuff didn't appeal to me. And I thought, now, now things are getting really weird. so i went back with my coffee (laughs) and uh, yeah it's so amazing um if this soothing is no longer needed needed then everything is just really totally okay as it is and can be thoroughly enjoyed and i just phoned my friend and said hey i'll be late And she said, yeah, fine, because trains can be late. She was all right with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. That's Mm -hmm. wonderful. And um, I couldn't help but make a connection. And maybe Mm -hmm. you know about this too. When we are in, um, so uh, in Hardwiring Happiness, uh, Rick Hansen talks about uh, our two ways of operating from a brain's perspective. Mm -hmm. One is reactive and one is responsive. Mm -hmm. And you actually use those exact words that in in the past you used to react to things and now you respond to things. And I think that's that's amazing how it correlates.
0: Right. I actually think that uh, this kind of inquiry I now guide people in, is changing the way um, the brain registers the world. And to me, it must be that it's changing from a more, more left hemispherical experience where we think and comment all the time on what's happening and analyze it to a more right hemispherical experience which is just about experiencing it with all the narrative about it. Maybe Absolutely. that's the responsive way of living, yeah. I wonder
1: it's very it's very possible yeah
0: and that's also because it's so beyond words because right hemispherical experience is without words, it's just the sensual experience
1: exactly yeah and of course this is this goes hand in hand with gratitude, this goes hand in hand with. Uh, how we experience life through the lens of gratitude Mm -hmm. when we when we focus on on those experiences on those things that we uh, appreciate and look for those things that we appreciate and um, become aware of the things that we already see but might have not seen in the past as things that we can appreciate it's, it's something that's, um, that's very similar to, to this.
0: Yes, I would take that even further. I would say even staying with the discomfort of the present experience without looking for something to appreciate, just staying with the body sensations. Every feeling has body sensations and a name. And just leaving the name behind, feeling the body sensations, Every, feel, every uncomfortable feeling will dissolve on its own. And um, by the way, this is scientifically researched. It takes about 90 seconds. And wow. there will be gratitude will just be there without even trying to induce it because it's the feeling that's left when we just stay with experience.
1: So that's one minute and 30 seconds. This is all we need yes. to do. Yes, just Staying tuning the into the body
0: sensations, not making them bigger or larger, leaving behind the thought narrative, oh, this is so terrible, how can I feel better, moving away from the experience, and the moment we just stay put, feeling it, all the suffering leaves, and there is only gratitude left.
1: Well. Wow. I love this thought, and I think it's it's a wonderful thought to end this interview with. Let our audience know where they can find you, where can they get in touch with you, where can they find your book.
0: Yes, if you want to come to a place where you can experience this gratefulness as your natural state, you can find me at findingawakening.com. That's my website. My book isn't out yet. I'm in the process of editing it and it takes so long. (laughs) So this will take a bit until it's out. Um, But you'll know if you subscribe to my newsletter and you can also find me on Facebook, either under my name, Christiane Michelberger, or under Finding Awakening. I have a public profile so you can find me easily.
1: Thank you so much for your time, for all the amazing feelings and experiences that you've shared with us and just for being here so present and so warm. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Georgian. It was such a pleasure speaking to you.
1: Hey, Gratitude Seeker. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview. I really appreciate it. And if you could think of one person that would also benefit from it, share it with them. It might actually be the inspiration that they need to make their day or maybe even their life much better. Thank you so much once again. This has been Georgian Benta. Don't forget to keep seeking and spreading gratitude Are you experiencing more lack in your life than you used to? Unfortunately, some things are not in our control, but we can control how we see them. Join me on a seven-week journey from lack to abundance through gratitude. Go to georgianbenta.com slash That's georgianbenta.com slash to join me now.
3: You know how to book flights and hotels. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Are you experiencing more lack in your life than you used to? Unfortunately, some things are not in our control, but we can control how we see them. Join me on a seven-week journey from lack to abundance through gratitude. Go to georgianbenta.com slash abundancecourse. That's georgianbenta.com slash abundancecourse to join me now.